Welcoming live from the County Seat Sports Grill in downtown Lillington. This is Camel Call Live. And this just in, your fighting Campbell baseball team is ranked in the top 10 in the entire nation. They are ninth in the D1 baseball poll, ninth in the USA Today coaches poll, eighth in Baseball America. And how about this? This just came out a couple of hours ago. The Campbell Fighting Camels are fifth in the nation in the National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association poll. And what a time it is to have a baseball takeover here on Camel Call Live. On the show tonight, Big South Conference preseason player of the year, our first baseman, Drake Pearson. The current Campbell home run king, our infielder, our Canadian, Bryce Arnold is here. And right on his heels, the man who slugged three home runs over the weekend and is leading this team with a 389 average, and get these numbers, a 1292 OPS. He is Lawson Harrell. He is here as well. Tomorrow night, your ninth-ranked Campbell Camels. They host 20th-ranked Duke at 6 p.m. in Bowie's Creek. We've got a couple of tickets to that game that we are going to give away later in the show today. We've also got a lot of other prizes to do. So if you haven't already, see Mark right here. He will have uh, your free chance to win a lot of prizes tonight. But we begin with the man who coaches one of the most powerful offenses in the entire nation. He is our assistant coach, Joey Holcomb. And coach, a top 10 ranking. What does that mean for you, these student athletes in your program? I, th I think it's just a testament to the work that these guys put in every single day. Uh, they're completely bought into our system. Um, you know, they're constantly trying to grow and learn as players, and I think that shows in every single day and how they approach uh, practice, games. Uh, it's just a result of their attitude of, you know, trying to be there at their best. Uh, Coach, this is a offense that's in the top ten in the entire nation in so many different offensive categories. So they are first in on-base percentage, first in scoring, First in the very painful statistic of hit by pitch. They are second in slugging, fourth in home runs. They are seventh in stolen bases, seven in hits, seven in walks, 14th in batting average. You all had very good numbers last year. They're even better this year. What do you think has, has pushed your team to go even farther? Well, I think some of that is the experience in that lineup. Uh, I mean, top to bottom, there's been a ton, a ton of bats recorded last year and all that experience has continued to carry over into this year. Um, just amazing what you all have done. So what's the, without, without giving it all away, what, what's the secret sauce? What is it that, that you preach? What's the approach that has had so much success for your team? All the guys asked me that at practice if I was going to answer this question, and some guys like Lawson Harrell back there told me not to answer. Um, I will <laughs> just say that the way that we train, if you were to come watch us train, you would think we're not very good because of the environments that we set up are extremely difficult so that when we do get into the game, things come easy. So you're saying, you know, put that pressure on them in practice to make it seem easy when you're, when you're facing an opponent. Practice is really difficult for us. Really now, difficult. Now, now, is that something that you've developed throughout your coaching career? You uh, were at UNCG yes. for a long time, and then two years at, at NC State when they made it all the way to the College college World Series. Where does that come from, or is it something you've developed? You know, some of the things that we do, uh, the things that I learned from the first, my first career, Division One uh, job with, um, with Link Jarrett, his system and approaches are things that I've continued to carry with me, carried them over into, uh, into NC State. 
But how we train those approaches has continued to evolve. Um, I would say that we use more machines at high velocities right now than I have any time in my career. And so as that's progressed in, in my career, what I've seen is guys, they, their power and their strength continues to increase the more that we do it. And, and I think some of that is continuing to apply force at a high rate versus someone throwing just a slower BP pitch. And with time, you start to see power numbers increase and increase and increase just by, you know, the strength continue going up. There is so much technology in, in the game today. What do you guys use on a, on a day-to-day basis? It's maybe different than you, than you did 10 years ago. Yeah, I would say probably the most, well, two things that we use that I think are extremely important. Uh, every day when we take batting practice outside, we have our track man information on the scoreboard. And um, our entire system revolves around, like, getting a pitch that you can hit hard. And so we're constantly measuring exit velo. And so every time our guys put a ball in play in batting practice, that exit velo is posted on the scoreboard. And so the correlation is the higher the exit velo, then the more likely it's going to be a hit. And so everything that we do is is getting a pitch, you know, taking pitches that you don't think that you can hit hard and swinging at pitches that you think you can hit hard. And by constantly seeing exit velo posted on the scoreboard, it's it's feedback. You know, maybe I shouldn't have swung at that pitch. You know what? That that was the right pitch to go after. That and then we use a, we use blast sensors on our bats as well, and that's a little bit more mechanical type stuff. So we try to cover both sides, like the mechanical piece, the swing piece, but also the the swing decisions as well. So we're constantly trying to you know balance both sides. The track man for those that maybe aren't used to this technology that started with the majors and now has has filtered down here to describe to everybody w- what that is when you're talking about a track man. Yeah, track man is just a system. It's it's much more. Uh, it's it's I probably understand just the surface level of it um, but it's just something that's constantly reading the ball whether it's a pitcher throwing and it's giving pitch shapes and spin rates and velocities or um, if it's tracking the ball that's leaving a bat whether that's exit velocity how hard they hit it launch angle um, so there's several different things I, I you know like I said we're probably just scratching the surface of what it's capable of doing yeah uh, I knew the track man you lost me at blast sensor <laughs> tell me tell me and, and everybody else out there what does that mean yeah that's just something that our hitters can put on their knob and it is it is every time that they swing it's giving them all kinds of scores it's giving attack angle which is really the angle of the bat through the zone it's giving vertical bat angle which is the tilt of the bat it is giving bat speed It's giving hand hand speed It's giving connection and so these are things that you can constantly look at to help identify maybe weaknesses in the swing or different things. And it also it's, it's, it's good to give it as goals. Like, you know, this is what we want to get to. So you can use it to correct mistakes, but you also can do it to where you are, you know, trying to improve certain areas. Um, you know, so I, I think that. I think it's something, again, that's one of the pieces that I just scratched the surface of it. There's, yeah. we can do so many different things. He is uh, assistant coach Joey Holcomb. He is our hitting coach, one of the best hitting teams in the nation. You're Campbell. Campbell's also in the top ten in the nation. You were talking all of that, and uh, I I love that you're giving us an insight to it. It made my head spin a little bit trying to keep up with you. How do you have the balance of, okay, 
you need a lot, some information. Obviously, it's paying dividends. If you have too much information, you, you probably forget how to swing and what you're swinging at. Are you guys cognizant to that? How, how do you balance that? No, absolutely. Like I try to, I try to keep it very minimal for the information that we give them. We can definitely go in much more depth with each player, um, but sometimes focusing too much on 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 the swing itself, it, it can definitely hinder a player. So when we're talking a lot of times, we the environments that we set up, we can set up certain environments to get the goal, like to get the, the output that we want without the player actually even knowing it. Whether we're changing angles or certain pitches, we're able to get that, that player to do what we want them to do without them even knowing it. And then, you know, and then it's swing decisions. Like I said, you know, there's with the, the track man, like there's, there's constant feedback on there, but we try to keep it very simple, like, exit below did you could you hit that that pitch 105 or not and so we try to really really keep it watered down and honing in on the things that we think that really really matter um when you're looking at the pure statistics your results in the game last year you guys broke a i think it was a four decade record of, of total home runs for your team mm -hmm. you're on track to break that record again are you seeing that is that the first thing you look at or is it extra base hits or is it or is it more than that well, I, I think there's a couple of different things. I think that um, the way that the game has evolved is, is strikeouts and extra base hits. Like those are the two things, you know, if, if you can continue to reduce strikeouts and put more balls in play at the college level, um, the defenses aren't as clean, then you have a better chance of having higher on base percentage. So our goal is to have one strikeout for every eight plate appearances. That's our goal. Um, and that's a, that's a pretty high standard, yep. but, that, but that's what we're sh we shoot for. You know, more balls in play, and then, um, of course, that's going to end up driving up pitch counts and different different things as well as you're as you're battling with two strikes. Um, and the other thing that we look at is extra base hits. One third of all your hits should be extra base hits. And so, if you're hitting, you know, if you're hitting 25% extra base hits of your total hits, then you're going to have a hard time scoring runs because. The way that college pitching has continued to evolve, it, guys are throwing harder, they have better stuff, and it's hard to string together a bunch of singles and score runs. And so the way that the college game has evolved, it's become more like the professional game of, you know, when you're facing those high-level arms, it's, it's walk, maybe single, and hope someone hits a three-run jack and win three to two. Um, it's just luckily you know our guys have done a really good job of of continuing to take advantage of everything that you know that the opposing pitchers have given us with hit by pitch like you mentioned so we've done a pretty good job of scoring runs but we have to be prepared you know continue to work towards that because as we get into the postseason and as the level of arms continue to get better then that's going to be the separator well i was going to say too all of those power numbers everything but then you have something that few in the country are able to balance with the fact a, a lot of those teams put them on like you guys do and try to hit that home run but you too are in the top 20 in the entire nation in stolen bases you've done that last year too there's not a lot of teams that balance that how do you strike a balance for that and why is it important to still steal bases you know something that that this is something that we didn't do much of at UNCG or NC State. I mean, we still, you know, a decent amount of bases, but nothing like what you know Coach Hare's base running system is like here. And um, it's been it's been impressive to watch. You know, that, that's Coach Hare's system, and you know, I kind of watch. I'm kind of like, well, you know, if Trey Kirsten or Bryce Arnold or Lawson Harrell are in the box, do we really want to be running right now? <laughs> no doubt, yeah. But what I've seen happen is is you know just 
the pressure that Coach Harris' system puts on other teams and just watching them fold and break down, it, it's, been, it's been impressive. No doubt, and uh, certainly impressive uh, what you have done with this team. Okay, let's talk about your baseball journey because it's a fascinating one, and it started back in, in, in Alabama. What was it like growing up just north of Birmingham? Yeah, yeah, I grew up in a very, very small, small town. Um, you know, I went to a um, small school. I think I ended up graduating with roughly 60 people in my class. There was no stop sign in my hometown. Uh, I think we had a, our, our bank was a single wide trailer, so I always joked, you know, if you wanted to rob the bank, you just hook it up to your truck and, and drive it away. Um, yeah, so, so small, small town. <laughs> um, how did you get from there all the way to the Carolinas when you have uh, put together a, a decade and a half coaching career? Yeah, yeah, so um, I, didn't, I didn't have many opportunities out of, uh, out of high school to go play college baseball. Uh, I ended up, ended up going to a junior college in Mississippi, East Central Community College, played there for two years, um, and then finished out my playing career at a Division three in Montgomery, Alabama, Huntington College. Um, thought thought I had a chance maybe to play some professional baseball. I went to a pro workout and realized I have no shot. <laughs> and so immediately started coaching. Thought maybe I would do high school. Did high school for a year. was not for me. Uh, coached at uh, my alma mater, Huntington, for a few years. And then, um, and then when Coach Jarrett got the head coaching job at UNC Greensboro, uh, I had the opportunity to go there and be the volunteer for a couple years and get my foot in the door to Division One. And so was there for three years. Um, I had the chance to move into the recruiting coordinator spot, was a recruiting coordinator for four years. Um, and then I transitioned over to NC State, was there for two years. And then um, and now I'm here. Um, we will uh, talk a little bit more about the recruiting, but let's touch on NC State a little bit. You were there for just two years, but you were there for two unbelievable years um, during COVID, of course, and then uh, the Wolfpack going all the way to the College World Series and, and, and going to Omaha. Of course, uh, unfortunate. We know all the events that happened there. Um, tell me about that time and and Omaha and getting that team there. And then when you got there to the College World Series. Yeah, it, it was it was a pretty special team. You know, we knew so the year before the COVID year, we started off and we're playing really, really well. Um, and then COVID happened and then we ended up losing two key pieces. But because of the way the draft worked during COVID, a lot of those players that we assumed were going to be drafted ended up coming back because the draft was shortened. So we knew we had a chance to be really, really good. And we started off the season, and we were struggling. We were not playing well at all. And, um, you know, it was pretty frustrating, and we tried everything. You know, you know, Coach Avent, he is a mastermind in terms of, you know, bringing a team together, and he was trying every, you know, everything that he knew how to do. And then we probably got about halfway into the year. Well, we, we went over to UNC and played. Yeah, it was probably about halfway into the year. But went over to UNC, and we weren't really playing that well. And we beat them three times at their place, uh, swept them at their place. And that was the first glimpse, like, this team has a chance to be really good. That was, that was when they were actually playing. And then season continued, and we continued to get a little bit better and a little bit better. And, and our guys continued to – it was impressive to see how close they came. And, you know, I don't know if you followed that team. They, it was basically the same position players all yeah. nine innings every game. <laughs> yeah. it was, we, you know, it was the same five pitchers over and over again. And, um, and so, you know, we, we go into the ACC tournament, you know, played okay, didn't play great, played okay. We got into the ACC championship against Duke. And um, we lost one to nothing. And um, we had a chance to, uh, to tie it up at one point, hit a sack fly, and, and some crazy things happened. And, um, you know, 
we didn't play well at all in that championship game. And what was really interesting was that after the, I, I, tr I truly believe that after that, what happened losing that ACC game, um, you know, it helped our guys almost relax a little bit, like because they were they felt the pressure of that game. Yeah. They wanted to say, and they weren't playing like themselves. And then when it was all over with, they kind of came like, you know, that's that's not it. That's not how how we need to enjoy this. Like, and so we go off to the. Um, to the regional down at La Tech, you know, and our guys, they were relaxed. They were, they played well, won that regional, and then we had to go up against Arkansas. And so Arkansas that year was kind of like Tennessee last yeah. year. You know, it was hands down number one in the country, not going to beat them. And so um, they jump out pretty good on Friday night and beat us, and then we then we come back and we, we play well. We beat them on Saturday, and then on Sunday we have to face the National Pitcher of the Year, Cops, and, you know, that's – dealt and you know no one's been able to hit him and yeah and so i uh, had a pretty good plan and, and our guys executed it really well and so i think we ended up winning that game three two or something like that we had a home run in like the eighth uh, i think and um and then go on to omaha and you know our guys like from that acc game on like I, our guys were so loose and calm and relaxed it was unbelievable like no matter which environment we were in our guys were just enjoying playing the game what is Omaha like when you're there for the College World Series? You know, it's it's what's inter you know it's everything that you hear. It just it's it's unbelievable. But once you get there, the thing that that stands out to me for the longest time in this career of coaching college baseball, Omaha seems like an eternity away. Like yeah, you've got to go through so much to get there, and then we get there, and it's like, wait a minute, we just won five games. That's all it took. <laughs> Well, we only had to win five games to get here. Like, yeah. That's a short road. And so once you get there, you realize, well, that's not that hard. That's not that hard at all. But when, until, like, until you get there, it just seems like it's so, so hard to get there. What do you see in this team, your, your camels this year, that has the ingredients or reminds you of some things that, that, that allowed NC State to go? You know, one thing that stands out to me is, like, these guys – you know, the, the NC State team, it didn't matter. You could – everybody up and down that lineup, it didn't matter how the game was going. You couldn't tell that in their emotions. You know, if they were 0 for 3 or 3 for 3 or, you know, gave up a four-run – you know, a three-run jack or four runs in an inning or whatever, um, it, didn't, it didn't matter. And I feel like this team's a lot like that, you know, that they're just enjoying playing the game. They're extremely competitive. They're in the moment. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what just happened. And so I, I see some of that in these guys, too. Um, you chose to come here to Campbell. Talk about the decision to join Coach Hare and, uh, and this team two years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So when I was at NC State, I, I loved my time. That staff is unbelievable, and what they do there is unbelievable. When this opportunity came about to be able to join Coach Hare, it was a no-brainer for me, you know, to be able to come in. You know you're going to be a part of a winning program. Uh, you know the culture and is going to be there. You know that you're going to have a coach that's going to do that, a head coach that's going to run an organization the right way. Um, it was a no-brainer, and then um, and I knew that it was continuing to trend upward. Like it wasn't maxed out. It was continuing to trend upward, and I just wanted to be a part of it. Um, well, we are so glad that you are here now, of course, not only doing the assistant coaching, the, the, the hitting, uh, recruiting as well. When you talk to, to two guys, you want them to come here at Campbell, or you're seeing if they would be a right fit, 
What kind of things are you talking about this program to them? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just all the, the things that we've accomplished in the past. And then, like, I think Coach Hare does a great job of, of, of delivering his message and vision for the future to these recruits when they step foot on campus. And the great thing about Campbell is, yeah, we're a small school, but no matter who I call around the country and pick up the phone and call, they're going to know exactly who Campbell is. Yeah, just incredible, just incredible. Okay, so we have uh, uh, three of your best from the fr from the lineup that are coming. Um, tell us about these three guys, Drake Pearson, Lawson Harrell, and Bryce Arnold that we're going to talk to coming up here. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it quick. i tell you, so I'll start with Drake. Drake was a guy that when I got here, I think um, last year, I, I don't think he had logged a lot of the bats, got a ton of playing time. And the thing that and that progressed Drake for his year last year and set him up for this year so quickly um, was his understanding of what he was trying to do in, in, the, in the batter's box and how he was going to be pitched. He figured that piece out faster than anybody else on our team. He was able to watch pitchers and be able to figure out, okay, he's not doing this and he's doing this. He's got this pitch and he's not landing this pitch in the zone. And so when he got into the box, he knew exactly how he's going to be pitched. And so, you know, that was a tool. That was a tool. And then he was able to take that and run with it and have that year last year and do what he's doing uh, this year. And then Lawson Harrell, um, he's a guy last year that he, uh, <laughs> he, um, he was really good at that fastball up. And he kept, you know, that breaking ball down gave him trouble. And so I, I've, he's going off this summer, and he came back, and he's like, Coach, I fixed it. I'm like, what do you, <laughs> I fixed it. And he fixed it. He absolutely <laughs> fixed it. And then Bryce Arnold, uh, he's a guy that is extremely, extremely talented. And then I tell him all the time, and I'm going to say this now, I tell him all the time, if he can control his emotions a little bit more, and continue, he can play this game for a long, long time. Finally, Coach, you do not have a Big South opponent this weekend, but this is arguably your most important stretch of, yes. uh, of the season. You have 20th-ranked Duke tomorrow. You'll play at Elon on Wednesday. Next Tuesday, you'll be at North Carolina and then back at home on May 3rd against Elon. These are all teams with high RPIs, and these are some very big non-conference games. What do you think about when you look at this stretch of games in front of you and your team? I see it step by step. You know, I know, I know what's at, at stake, and I hope our players understand the importance of it too. We're trying to do something extremely special here, something that has never been done that no one thought would be possible, and we're on the verge of being able to do that. And how we handle this stretch of games is, you know, is going to be whether we're able to be successful at that or not. Do these games coming up define our season? Absolutely not. You know, it's getting to the postseason and continuing to win from there. But we're trying to better our chances of winning in the postseason um, by having home field advantage here. Um, and so – yeah, this is an important stretch, but I think the most important piece is continuing to focus on the, the one step that's in front of us and understand, you know, what, you know, what matters there. Well, Coach, thank you so much. You have five games in six days, and this is the one day you don't have a game, and you're coming here and talking to us about the program. Thank you so much for, for spending Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Loved it. That's assistant coach Joey Holcomb. We'll have three of the best from the Campbell lineup coming up after the break, and we'll give away some prizes if you haven't yet and you're here live. Please get um, our free raffle ticket from our friend Mark here. We will be back with more of Camel Call Live coming up after the break. From downtown Lillington, this is the County Seat.
Well, welcome back to the county scene in downtown Lowington. You can listen to every broadcast live like you are doing now on GoCamels.com and the Varsity Sports app. If you miss us live, you can catch us on the Camel Call Live podcast. It drops every week on YouTube, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and most of the places you get your podcasts. We are talking Campbell baseball, the ninth-ranked team in the country, the first time any team in the history of Campbell Division I sports has been in the top ten, and Campbell has been climbing and climbing and climbing. We're excited about tomorrow night. 20th-ranked Duke comes into town, 6 o'clock. It'll be on ESPN+. Plus. Tickets are going fast. We still have some available at GoCamels.com, 1-800-GO-HUMPS. Get your tickets in. Come see a top-20 matchup in Bowie's Creek as Duke takes on Campbell. Every Monday, we have this show here in downtown Lillington at the county seat. And every time you come by, you get a chance to win prizes. We got some good prizes tonight. We'll give away some Duke tickets a little later. But we have a prize pack. So get out your tickets. And the uh, prize pack goes to 626-145-626-145. And we have a winner, season ticket holder for Campbell. So please pick out which one. They're both the same. And the Omaha Humps uh, shirt on it as well. So uh, every time you come down here, you get a chance. We are excited to talk to three of our student athletes, and we will start out. Yep. And we will start out with the pride of Shelby, North Carolina. He is a loss in Harrell. He is leading the Camels in batting average. He's slugging a team high 786 with an on-base percentage of over 500. This past weekend, he had three home runs in the series sweep over High Point. Lawson, you have been seeing it all year. What was working for you even more this weekend? Um, we just had a good plan coming into the games. I was seeing the pitching really well, and uh, I just put it together this weekend. Lawson, your year has been outstanding. You told uh, Coach Holcomb, and he just told us that, uh, that you went into the offseason, you did a lot of work, you played a lot of baseball, and you figured it out. What did you figure out? Why have you been so successful this year? Well, I just went home, and I decided I needed to change my swing. I struggled with pitches down in the zone and breaking balls. And so I went home and reworked it and came back, and it just worked out better. Um, how satisfying is that all the all the hard work you did all the hours you put in to, to see it come out not only with this team but but what you're doing individually oh it's nice to see it come out right like you know you go home and then sometimes you worry maybe what i'm doing is not right and it's nice to come back and see that it did work lawson i think one of the uh one of the many great things about this team is you're just not the only one that's hitting over 350. You're not just the only one that has that uh, OPS that's, that's well over 1,000. There are so many guys doing so many good things. Is there competition in that locker room between all of you putting up the video game numbers you are? Yeah, it's easy to feed off each other. Like you see one guy hit two bombs in one game, and then you know you want to catch back up. And uh, I think we just compete within the program with each other and just try to do the best we can to win. We had talked a little bit about what you guys go through practicing uh, every single day. Tell me a little bit about the rigors of, uh, of the practicing that, that you do day in and day out and what you all work on. Uh, we just work, you know, normally it just starts with a dynam and then we go to throwing and then the big part is just hitting. And when we get to hitting, that's when it gets serious. We work different stuff every day, 
uh, breaking balls, fastballs. We see velocity and we see spin every day. And I think that's why we're so successful. Is the practice, is there the competition there just like there is in the games or is it more of a, of a workshop? Yeah, we'll put up track, man, on the board so everybody can see how hard you're hitting it. And, you know, you never want to see a guy hit the ball harder than you. So <laughs> everybody's trying to hit it harder than the next guy. What's your trackman record up there? Uh, I think the hardest I've ever hit one was 110. Whew. All right. Let's go back to Lawson Harrell, Shelby, North Carolina. A lot of other places to play baseball, very close by to where you grew up. It's in the shadow of a Gardner-Webb, uh, a lot of other good baseball teams around there as well. Why did you choose Campbell? Oh, just when I came on my official visit and when I met the coaching staff and saw what we were building here, and it was just a really good visit. And uh, the facilities are first class, and I just loved it as soon as I stepped on campus. What do you like about this coaching staff so much? Just the way we're able to evolve as we've went through, like through my four years. Like we've changed so much since I was 18 years old to now when I'm 22. I wanted to talk a little bit like that with the group that we have here. You're the you're the elder statesman. Um, back when you when you started your career, it was the spring of 2020. Uh, take me back to to then and and how odd that was and just the and just the disappointment of of working so hard and not being able to finish the season. Yeah, I mean it was crazy. So we were just on the bus going to Charleston Southern like for nor anything normal, and then the next thing we knew, uh, they just told us COVID happened and the season was over. And we went back the next morning, and we all went home a week later. How tough was that, especially to be in the middle of the season? And, and what did you do to stay right during, during being away for so long? Well, it wasn't hard, That's, or it wasn't easy. That's when everybody uh, started. You had to get out of the box to figure out how you're going to hit, how you're going to throw, where you're going to lift weights. And uh, I think everybody had their own challenges with that during COVID. How have you changed as both a player and a person since with you since when you first arrived on campus? I would say I'd just grown up a little bit when I first showed up when I was 18. You know, I was just having fun and hanging out, and now everything's a little more serious. You realize you're going to graduate, and you got to do something after baseball and stuff like that. You have been through two big NCAA regionals, of course, uh, a couple of years ago. This Campbell team going down to, to Mississippi State and going to the regional final against the eventual national champions. Last year, you were put in, in really the toughest regional in the entire nation with the toughest team in the entire nation. Still, you all were able to, to, to succeed. Take me through both those postseasons and, and what they were like and what you learned. I think you realize that you're nervous at first when you realize where you're going, but then when you get there, you realize that some of the best baseball you're ever going to play and the most you're going to enjoy being there in front of all the fans, in front of, uh, you know, you're the underdog, everybody doesn't like you, and I think you just embrace it and it just becomes fun. The atmosphere, is it something you feed off of? I would say so. Like, uh, especially at Mississippi State, I mean, they had 14,000 people there. I mean, that's the most people I've ever played in front of in my life. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Inside the locker room this year, as you guys are going through this, you guys have had success before. You guys knew you were going to be good this year with, with all that you had coming back. But you guys are going somewhere that, that no other team has gone in the history of Campbell. To, to see your name first in the top 25, and then in the top 20, and then in the top 15, and then in the top 10, what is it like in the locker room be between you guys as you keep going up and up and up? I think it's one of those things where we just sit there and we're just kind of like, well, it's kind of crazy because we've been the same since the start of the season to now. 
and then it's just the more the more recognition you get as you go and uh i just think we're all enjoying the ride you have duke coming up tomorrow you have elon twice you have unc next week your thoughts as you enter this very tough part in the non-conference part of your season i think we just got to play to the best of our abilities and uh as long as we play the way we're supposed to play we'll be fine Lawson Harrell, thank you so much for taking the time and come up. Congratulations on everything that's happened so far, and um, congratulations on spending one of your uh, few off nights with us. We really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. He is Lawson Harrell. He is one of the best, as Campbell ranked ninth in the country. We'll come back. We'll give away tickets to the Duke game. If you haven't gotten your, your uh, raffle tickets, get them now. We've got four tickets for Campbell versus Duke, nine versus 20. Coming up after the break, this is Camel Call Live, live from the county seat. Welcome back live from the County Seat Sports Grill in downtown Lillington. This is Camel Call Live, your ninth-ranked fighting Campbell, Camel baseball team, ranked in the top ten for the first time in program history. That just came out today. They're as high as five in the nation. There's uh, about a six or seven baseball polls that we look at. Uh, Campbell is in the top ten in the majority of them. They are up to five in the National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association poll. They are ninth in the D1 baseball poll. That's what NCAA ESPN uses, and they will be playing the 20th-ranked team in the country in Duke coming up tomorrow, a top-20 matchup at Jim Perry Stadium, 6 o'clock in Bowie's Creek. We have tickets at GoCamels.com. We have tickets at 1-800-GO-HUMPS, but we're going to give away uh, four tickets right now for the Duke game tomorrow in Section 101. So the winner of those tickets will have this ticket, 626147 626147 we have a winner as the four duke tickets we have one more prize to give away as we will uh, give that away on the final segment of the show every time you come down you have a chance to win here on camel call live joining me now he is Drake Pearson. He is the preseason player of the year. He's got an OPS right now over 1,000 while mashing 11 home runs. He has made only two errors all year at first base in spectacular play after spectacular play. Over the weekend, he went 6 for 10, scored six runs, driven, drove in eight RBIs. So I'll start there, Drake. Tell me about your fantastic weekend and, and what went so right for you. Uh, I would just say that it kind of just came with preparation. Uh, try not to put too much pressure on my shoulders uh, from struggling a little bit a couple weekends before. Uh, kind of just getting in the cage with Holcomb and uh, working with him, kind of figuring some stuff out with my swing, and then just trusting the process, uh, trusting that uh, I'm good enough to be in that lineup and be on that field every day. And so, yeah. Um, no doubt that you are. Um, being the preseason player of the year, a lot of expectations come with that. I, I had been impressed all year with the fact that, that you never really sort of got out of doing what you did. You didn't seem to press. You weren't trying to hit home, home runs all the time. Did, did you feel that, that, that same way? Well, yeah, I tried to come into the season uh, like it was just another season. Uh, try not to put too much pressure on my shoulders. 
or think about the preseason awards that were kind of getting given to me. Um, but those awards are earned at the end of the season, not at the beginning. So um, I try to go out there every day and uh, prove that I am and deserving of that award postseason. So I'm kind of going out there and working every day uh, and trying to help my team win. You've been a part of some very, very good teams. What do you like most uh, about this team, about about this version of, of the Camels that are going to heights never seen before by this very, very good program? Uh, I would just say the connection between the guys. Uh, we got a lot of comedians, kind of like Bryce Arnold over there. Uh, they always cracking jokes and uh, playing around on the field. Uh, guys like Logan Jordan, Ernie Day, kind of keeping it, keeping it cool in the locker room. Um, keeping guys up when they're feeling down, uh, stuff like that. kind of helps us stay together as a team, kind of build that family culture. Um, and then when it's time to get ready and go uh, for game time, well, we all kind of lock in and have each other's backs out there. So I would say our connection is uh, something strong. Tell me about your baseball journey. It's gone from California to Texas to, to Bowie's Creek uh, to preseason player of the year in the Big South Conference. Tell me about um, y your love for the game and, and how it's taken you all the way across the country. Uh, yeah, so um, kind of grew up. It was kind of just me and my dad kind of playing baseball every day, going to the field, playing. Um, and then uh, I moved to Texas when I was about 15 years old with my mom. Um, played out there uh, and I actually went to a JUCO out there in Angelina Junior College and played two years there and I played at a junior college in California um, did pretty well there and that's where Campbell actually saw me at a uh, California All-American game and uh, came on my visit out here and uh, talked with a lot of the guys talked to the coaches and kind of blew me away honestly like kind of the culture they had here um, the way they talked about the coaches um, and the other teammates kind of was like a bond that I wanted to have, like a brotherhood that they would kind of talk about a lot. So that's kind of what drew me into Campbell. Um, and then kind of the rest is history. Uh, Coming here and I, I wanted to play for a program that was wanting to do everything we could to win. And uh, now we're in the position we're in. We're the 19th, ninth ranked team in the country. And uh, this is what I wanted. This is why I came here. Tell me about that brotherhood. Um, I know being around the program uh, from, from the outside that, it, that it's not just something you talk about. W what is it in, and what makes it so special? It's just the guys we got on the team. Um, we got guys from everywhere, all different kind of characters. Um, and being able to kind of mesh together, kind of like as a family, is what, is what we're here for. Um, we'll, we have each other's backs. We pick each other up. Um, and we, know, we don't let anything uh, kind of go unturned. Uh, we will always have our, each other's backs for sure. Growing up like you did in some very different places, uh, first tell me about, about, about California and what was it like uh, growing up there? <laughs> uh, it was cool um, growing up over in California. Um, had a lot of friends. Um, my mom, my dad, you know, they worked really hard to provide me with everything that I needed. Um, didn't have a lot, but... It didn't stop them or, or me from kind of chasing my dream of, you know, playing Division One baseball and hopefully pursuing it later in life. Um, uh, so my parents kind of never made the struggles that we had growing up kind of show in front of us. Um, my mom worked two jobs growing up. My dad worked two jobs growing up. Um, they were gone a lot working. And then 
whenever my dad had time, it was always at the baseball field. We were always working, um, always putting it down. And then uh, kind of moving to Texas uh, was kind of a little bit of a different story. Um, I got to be around some, some coaches and some trainers and stuff like that and uh, kind of just took my game to the next level. But, uh, yeah, my, my pops was uh, my trainer growing up and my coach growing up. And I definitely wouldn't be here without without kind of the work that me and him put in when I was a kid. Well, one of the many great things about, about your story is the fact that since you have come here, speaking of taking someone uh, under their wing, uh, Gabby, she is a Campbell super fan. She is wonderful, wonderful girl with special needs at, at every single game. And I mean every single game, whether it's uh, 20 degrees or, or, or 80 degrees, uh, uh, she's there with her, with her wonderful family. Tell us about, about, about her and the, and the connection you have with her. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Gabby kind of, for me, is kind of a symbol of strength. Uh, she, uh, she could easily not come to games or not show up um, and cheer us on because of the issues that she's got. Um, but she uses Campbell baseball and Campbell athletics in general as kind of like a scapegoat for what she's dealing with. And uh, she kind of never shows weakness with it either. She's always smiling. So I kind of look at it like no matter what I'm going through or whatever I'm thinking about, and there are people out there who are struggling worse. And uh, there's no reason why um, I can't go out there with a smile on my face and uh, with a good attitude and kind of let her kind of show me the way, honestly. Um, after every game, I go over there, I give her a hug, tell her I love her, tell her family I love them, um, because she shows me what a true strength looks like. And with that, too, isn't it great that she has, you know, always been the biggest fan for baseball, but now you see her at women's soccer games, and you see her at basketball games, and you see her at softball games now. It's fun that she has become really the, the super fan of, uh, of Campbell Athletics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, rightfully so too. Um, she she is everywhere. Always always looking to cheer for someone. Um, always looking to cheer for Campbell. Honestly, um, she's at away games. She's at home. She even came with us to the regional last year. She was out there. Um, you kind of can't kind of can't miss her when she's there. Uh, she's got her little her staple, her saying. Um, <laughs> but it's awesome to hear. Kind of we know when Gabby's there, and it kind of like makes us kind of step it up a little bit. And finally, Drake, speaking of stepping up the competition this next two weeks, what, what is your guys' attitude going into this big stretch? Um, you know, we're not overlooking anyone or anything like that. Uh, we know we got some good teams coming in and we're going to some good places. Um, but we also know we're good, too. Um, we're, not, we're not scared of, of anybody like Duke or Chapel Hill or whoever else is coming up. Um, we're not worried about them. Uh, we're just going to go play our game and play our brand of baseball, uh, which is tough, gritty, like we joke around about. But uh, that's who we are. That's kind of our uh, brand of baseball. And we're going to go out there and kind of show everybody that we don't care what name you have on your chest or who you are. Like, you better come ready to play. Well, ended on that. Great words. He is Drake Pearson, the preseason player of the year in the Big South Conference. He's our first baseman, and you can see him tomorrow night against 20th-ranked Duke. We'll be back after the break. Our final segment, we'll give away one more prize pack, and we'll talk to Bryce Arnold. This is Camel Call Live from the county seat in downtown Lillington.
Welcome back to the county seat in downtown Lillington. You can listen to every broadcast live on GoCamels.com and the Varsity Sports app. We'll also have the Camel Call Live podcast coming to you uh, midweek on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and everyone else. We have uh, one more prize pack to give out uh, before we talk to our final guest today. So get out your tickets for the last time. 626148 Six two six one four eight. The Campbell Camel uh, table with a bunch of orange. Congratulations as you get the uh, prize pack over there, and that brings us to Bryce Arnold. He is the pride of Grimsby on the banks of Lake Ontario. His slash line. Get this this year. 338, 428, 727 with a team high 14 home runs. We'll start with the power. How did it come to be? How did you get to be the uh, home run leader in that powerful clubhouse at Campbell? Um, I mean, it goes back to just our, uh, our preparation and, um, I mean, I guess having a little bit of strength in me and uh, I guess my short comeback swing just has a, a little bit of a punch at the plate, but um, that's uh, kind of where it came from, and just uh, my whole life had my same swing and just built power around it, and that's kind of how it came to be. I would say, so you, you have been a good, successful hitter since the first time you stepped on campus. That's not easy to do a as a freshman. What has changed to get the, to get the power going in your eyes? Um, just working on a few things in each offseason, kind of I mean, branching out a little bit, polishing off uh, all aspects of hitting. And, um, I mean, just getting bigger in the weight room and getting stronger is uh, probably the, the biggest thing for me and what I've done every off season to kind of uh, build my power and get to where I am today. Grimsby, Ontario, on the banks of Lake Ontario. It's just a little south of Toronto, right? Uh, I believe so. Okay, okay. <laughs> a, a little bit there. Wait, 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 so. wait. Did you say you believe so? Yeah, I was going to impress honest, you. I, I googled it too, but I guess you know how to get home then, right? Yeah, okay. Not, okay. <laughs> not good with the maps, really. I'll be honest. <laughs> okay, so maybe you'll be good with this. How how much baseball do you get to play being up north? Um, in high school, I played a with my travel ball team. It was uh, we had an indoor facility, so um, no matter what, be three sixty five. We uh, were inside or outside in the summer in the states, so. Uh, I was able to uh, play baseball year-round and um, work with my buddies and work my craft and kind of get better all, all year long. It, it's something that some people might not know. Uh, with my time in the minors, we had Canadian guys come, come through all the time. Of course, you think Canada, you think hockey, but talk about the baseball culture up north. It, it's, it's big. Yeah, um, I mean, going through uh, high school every, every year, it keeps getting bigger and yeah, getting better. And... Uh, a few buddies that are uh, actually in pro ball right now that um, they didn't go to college, just, uh, they got dropped out of um, uh, high school. And uh, every year it just seems that um, more and more guys are either going to D1 schools or they're getting drafted out of high school. And they, I mean, it brings a better culture to the, the baseball name in Canada. So, From Ontario to Bowie's Creek, how did that happen? Um, I was playing with uh, a team, uh, Team Ontario, um, out in. Indiana um, and uh, play in front of um, a few scouts and uh, T-Rob and Tyler Shoemaker that used to be here and uh, 
I guess they really liked me and uh, gave me a call and um, offered me um, a spot on the team. And I mean, looking at the facilities and coming down here, I couldn't say no to it. Okay, C Canadian people, North Carolina people. Uh, what are the what are the big differences differences between them? What do you notice when you uh, come here and then you go back home? Um, it's it's kind of similar, I'll be honest. Um, maybe just the accents and kind of um, some slang. Like I mean, not there's not a huge difference between the two, but um, I mean you can just notice it with the with the accents and. Uh, how people, uh, I guess, react with different things. Food-wise, is there anything up there that you wish that you could get down here, but you can't? Um, no, it's for the most part the the same culture for food-wise. Um, they're same kind of restaurants and uh, just different names to it, and so uh, it's uh, pretty good. The only only difference. Um, would be uh, our, our poutine that you guys can't get down here, which is pretty good. Just uh, fries, gravy, and cheese, and it's, it's pretty good, but you guys can't experience it down here. So. so French fries with gravy, brown gravy? Yeah, yeah. And cheese? Yeah. And it's good? Oh, really good. Yeah. And it's good. Tim Hortons coffee? Yeah, Tim Hortons is, is a go-to usually in the morning uh, for uh, start my day. And the coffee down here is better, though, right? Um, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not a huge coffee guy, more of a just iced coffee, okay. so I don't really like okay. the, the hot coffee. Okay, well, well, we'll get off Canada for a minute. Um, you've been a part of three very great teams here that have done a lot in the, in the toughest regionals uh, that there were, Mississippi State, Tennessee. Um, what is different about this team when you think about this group of guys this year? Um, kind of looking back to what Drake said, uh, the connection between everyone in this locker room every year just – new new set of guys new new different connections and i feel uh this year very early on uh we connected uh really well like um, opposed to um my freshman year where we had the the covid the restrictions where we were setting groups and had to practice at different times which wasn't allow us to bond and um see each other as much so i think just being able to be with the guys all the time and uh being around them is i think a big part of our success how much competition is there, particularly of you've, – you've had that home run lead pretty much all year, but Lawson hitting three over the weekend. You had one, two, um, but, but the fact that it's so many guys now with double-digit home runs, is there a little bit of uh, some competition in the dugout? Yeah, a little bit. We get into the uh, locker room after the game, and we talk about it a little bit with uh, – I mean, Drake being stuck on 11 for a little bit here. And <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we talk about it a little bit, and uh, – each other a little bit about it which is kind of fun to go with also in the locker room as you guys first got ranked and then moved into the top 20 and moved into the top 15 and today into the top 10 um where, where no campbell team has has been before what what is that conversation like when you see those numbers go up and up every week i mean personally in the locker room we know uh we're capable of it and uh we're in the spot that we personally think we should be, and we've worked hard to get here. And so it's no surprise to us in the locker room. Maybe outsiders, it, it comes to surprise by them. But by no means, we all know we're capable of uh, doing what we're doing and where we're ranked right now. Uh, you shared an infield with uh, Zach Neto last year. Um, last year, he was with you guys on the bus, going around to different Big South places. You'd taken on UNC, taken on Duke. He's now uh, in the major leagues. What, what, what can you tell us about him? Uh, he's a phenomenal uh, baseball player himself, and um, 
a good leader on and off the field for us and, you know, a very clutch player. He came up in some big moments for us and um, all around was just was a stud. And obviously you can see with him being in the majors now. So um, having him on the team last year was, was awesome and even my freshman year. And not having him this year kind of, kind of sucks. But, I mean, we got a bunch of guys around us that can come together and kind of feel what uh, we don't have with him anymore. So. Is it a little bit surreal when you can turn on MLB TV and the MLB package and see him playing in Yankee Stadium in Fenway Park? Yeah, I'll be honest. I um, I tune in, tune the baseball with the Jays, and, and but uh, every day now I uh, I check the box score for him to yeah. see how he's doing and uh, what he's doing every day, and so it's kind of kind of cool seeing. Uh, I mean, that's the first guy I know in the big league, so it's kind of cool uh, seeing that, knowing I played with him and shared the infield. Um, you've seen it here today where we have booths on, on both sides uh, of this place here um, at the county seat pool. Um, talk about the fans. Uh, they're filling up the stadium um, night in and night out. Um, they follow you guys on away games. So talk, talk about the, the, the fans and what they do for you all. Um, they're amazing. They uh, come out. They support us every, uh, every weekend, every midweek. And uh, you can hear them in the stands. You can hear my buddies down here this weekend. The, the, um, they're cheering us on. And... Um, yeah, it's just great. It's it's good to play in those atmospheres and know that you you know you feel at home and um, they got your backs and and it's just good to be uh, playing in front of them. And uh, finally, the last question that I'll that I'll ask you that I asked the other guys. You guys are coming up on a on a big week. Thoughts thoughts as as you get set to take on Duke, Elon, and, and North Carolina, all, all all ranked teams high in the RPI. Um, yeah, it, I mean it's it's another game in our schedule. I mean as Drake said, we don't overlook anyone. Uh, we play every team uh, equally, and we play to uh, like our standard and how, how we play, and um, that's what we've been doing all season. It's kind of been working out for us. He is Bryce Arnold, for now, the home run king in the Campbell locker room as he, uh, as he has been all year. Bryce, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. He is Bryce Arnold, and that will do it for our show. We got a lot of great baseball coming up tomorrow. Be there at Jim Perry Stadium, 6 o'clock, ninth-ranked Campbell Takes on 20th-ranked Duke. They'll be at Elon on Wednesday next week at North Carolina on May 2nd and back at home May 3rd versus Elon at 6 o'clock. Tickets at GoCamels.com. For our baseball team, I'm Chris Samire saying so long from the county seat. This has been Camel Call Live. Good night. <laughs>